I've got two children. Um, if you're a guest here this morning, you may not know, but I know, I know just about everybody here. If you attend church, you've met my two girls. I've got a, a daughter named Hannah, and I've got a daughter who's named Abigail. And I brought some pictures I wanted to show you guys. because <laughs> If they were teenagers, they might kill me. But here is a picture of Hannah when she was born. I mean, she's not very old here. Cute as can be. Cute as can be. And uh, here's another picture I brought of Hannah. This is me holding her in the room um, not too long after she just popped out and started to, to hang out with us. Um, a little daddy-daughter moment there. And uh, here's another one. She was always cool. She wanted to shave and get the sun. She, had a, she was born in April, but she wanted to get a jump on her summer tan because uh, that's important to little girls. But my little baby turned eight years old this year this is what she looks like now holy cow that's insane now in case you're wondering yes i am stockpiling ammunition (laughs) all right i got it and i got my plan down because they always say if you shoot the first one and hang him up at the end of the driveway then the other guys know what's up when they show up and then you you just lay down the law you know just, I have one friend who said, uh, this is what I tell uh, my daughter's boyfriends when they show up. I tell them, whatever you do to her, I'm going to do to you. <laughs> yeah. I said, oh, bro, that could be a heavy price tag. You better watch out. Now, um, this is my other daughter. This is Abby. Y'all seen Abby running around. Um, and that's my hand in the picture. I don't have huge hands, so you can tell how itty-bitty this little girl was when she was born. Um, and man, she's just been a firecracker since she, she landed on the scene. I'm just telling you. Here's another little picture of Abby. This is me holding her in the delivery room. This is itty bitty little bundle, you know, itty bitty. Now check this one out. Look at this picture. This is her now, not too long ago. This is her running around in the blue bonnets out in Texas. My little itty baby is a little over two years old now. That's insane. Time just zooms by. Like I blinked, and Hannah's eight. I blinked, and Abby's two. Two. Abby's two going on 21 right now, if you ask her, you know. This is the two of them together, chilling and having fun. And I wanted to show you this real pretty picture of them because I brought a real-life picture of them, too. And I wanted to show this one to you. <laughs> this is... <laughs> this is priceless right here. This is a sister life. This is a sister life, best friends, and then we cry sometimes. So Abby had to let something out that day, so we prayed through that, and and she was fine. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, You want the best for your kids. These two little kids, it's it's, it's amazing. Yesterday, they were just so itty-bitty and little. And and I brought a picture of me and my wife. Uh, She's probably going to kill me because she didn't approve this picture. I just snuck it in. But this is her. I hope I picked a good one. Is this a good one for you? Okay. All right. So I'll be good when I get home. This is Kelly and me. And this is, this is a couple of years ago. I think we were in South Dakota on this fun little trip. I think this is, this is close to the Badlands, I think, is where this was. Yeah. Um, which is a great place to go and check out if you ever just want to do a crazy trip. Um, Kelly and I, it just seems like the other day, you were walking down the aisle. 
just the other day, walking out in your pretty little dress, just scooting down that aisle. And see, my wife didn't walk down the aisle. She floated down the aisle. It was great how she came to me, you know. Um, but Kelly and I will be married, this is 16 years this July. Just like that, it flies by. And I look back, and I see these milestones, and I see these little memories. But it, it just goes by so stinking fast, doesn't it, guys? Parents, you know, the time that you have with your children, it goes by so fast. How many of you have children that are not in the house with you anymore? Goes by fast, doesn't it? How many of you got children in the house with you right now? And you're, I know, look, I'm with you. You're counting down the days to freedom. I get that. I get that. But the time goes by so fast, so fast. And here's something I want us to remember this morning. If you don't remember anything else I say this morning, I want you to remember this, okay? The days are long but the years go by fast. The days are long, the years are short. I know it seems like that, baby. It's so crazy. We went through this with, with um, Hannah for a little while, and then she got on a sleep pattern. You have a new baby, you can just kiss sleep goodbye as a parent. You know, mostly mamas, but it's going to affect daddy. I did my duty, and I tried to give mama a break when I could, you know, but mama is oftentimes the great source of food during that early process, and I can't do that as a dad. As much as I pray, God never gave me the gift of that, so um, that, that didn't work. Uh, <laughs> you think those nights are never going to end. You think the days where they just wake up and they just want to be a tearhead and terrorize you, and follow you around. It's mommy, 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 daddy, daddy, daddy. And they're into everything. You say no. And they're into it again. No. And they're into it again. No. Over here. And they just test your patience to its limit. And then they push it about 20% more. Those crazy long days. They seem like, oh my gosh, I just wish you would. And then 10 years later, you kind of wish you could have some of those moments back. Because those days are long. But I found out that the years... They fly by. They're so short. So short. How many, um, how many of you have a mom or a dad that's no longer here, they've passed on, that you wish you could go back and have one more conversation with? Or a grandparent, I wish I could go back and just, just one more phone conversation, just one more cup of coffee. Just, just one more walk down that road. Just one more conversation. The years go by fast. Sometimes I think they go by too fast. And so what we want to do is we want to try to grab as many moments and as many memories along the way as we can as a family. Because we never know when those moments are going to turn into memories. And that's all we're going to have of that person until we see him again. Well, that's a real heavy intro, Pastor Josh. Yeah, I want us to think for a moment. Because I think one of the most taken for granted gifts of God that's given to us is family. And the time that we have with one another, the time that we have with our children, time we have with our parents, our grandparents, the times we have with our brothers and sisters that might just drive us crazy. 
I used to kidnap my sister's teddy bears, and I would leave them ransom notes. <laughs> it was awesome. So I'd steal them, and I'd leave them ransom notes, and then if they paid the ransom, then they'd get them back. If not, then I would give them back in creative ways, like I would hang them from the ceiling fan so they come in the room. Teddy bear would be going around and around or something like that, and you should drive them crazy. Because that's what brothers and sisters do. That's what siblings do sometimes. But... But you can't replace the bond that exists, though, that natural bond that exists between brothers or between sisters unless you allow something to come in between you, right? James chapter 4, if you will go ahead and put that scripture up on the screen there, it says, Now listen, you say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or or that city and, and spend a year there and carry on business and make money. Um, go to the next slide there. It says, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. What is your life? And I've never seen a truer statement in my entire life. You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Psalm 144 puts it this way. It says, a man is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. We're here and we're gone. We're here and we're gone. If... Oh, you're getting ahead of me there. So, if we're here and we're gone so fast, then it makes sense that we ought to have a good working plan to make the moments that we have here count the most possible. I was thinking about this as I was praying and preparing for this message, and, uh, and so I came up with, with three things that I thought would be a win. If I was going to have a win... For my family situation, Josh Pate, this is me. Yours might look different, but this is what I came up with for me, and I wanted to share this with you this morning. So the first thing I thought of was this, and you can go ahead and put that up since you did a while ago. I I want for my spouse and I to enjoy being together when the kids are gone. I want mine and Kelly's relationship to be stronger then than it is now. I want us to want to hang out with each other. And when you've got the kids, your whole life is about the kids. The kids need this. The kids need that. We've got to work for the kids. The kids are sick. We've got to take care of the kids. Kids got soccer practice. Take them to soccer practice. Connect them to the movie. Your whole world revolves around raising your children, pouring into them, making sure they've got what they need. But don't forget that you've got a spouse there that needs you too. And it would be horrible to end up with just a glorified living arrangement where you've got a roommate that you used to be in love with because you didn't spend a lot of time nurturing the relationship with your husband or your wife along the way. Now, I know when I said I wanted a good relationship with my wife after the kids moved out, I lost some of y'all because you went into fantasy land because you thought, oh my gosh, that's going to be amazing. I can't wait till the kids move out. I can't wait till they move out. Some of y'all, I know you've got, you've got older kids we'll say it that way hey you you think they'll move out when they're 18 and they don't sometimes they move out and they're out for a little while and then they get beat up and they move back in and then they move out and sometimes they move back in and that's the beautiful thing about families are supposed to be there when you need them amen um but man you got that 30 something that's just hanging out chilling and you're just waiting for them to find out their purpose in life and move on out and get them out can i give you a good strategy to get them out of the house Y'all want to know it? Look, you're going to think I'm crazy. I probably shouldn't say this in church, but look, walk around the house naked. 
hey, walk, mom and dad walk around the house naked, and it's not going to take long. Look, and here, here's, what I call, here's what I call drastic measures. If you're walking around the house naked, and it's been a couple of hours, and they still haven't started packing, because I'm telling you, hour one, but I'm packing. And it's nice to, I didn't need to see you that way, mom and dad, but I said, if you're walking around naked, and they're not leaving, look, just walk by and, and just smack your wife's rear end and go, ha, ha. Your mom's a freak, boy. Your mom's a freak. They'll be out of that house so fast. I promise you. Oh, my gosh. They'll move out so fast. Just like that, it won't take long. It won't take long. If my parents had done that, I'd have moved out of the house when I was 12 years old. I would have time traveled to get out the door, you know. <laughs> but I want my wife and I to enjoy each other after the children are gone. Well, that's not going to happen if we don't have a relationship now if we don't put a priority on our relationship today. The second thing that, that I wanted is that I want for my children to, to still want to hang out with us and with each other when they have the freedom to do otherwise. I want my kids to like each other. And I want my kids to want to hang out with me. I don't want to be their best friend because I'm not their best friend. I'm their dad. Okay? And i got a specific role but I want them to have a good relationship with me. That means that now I've got to do things so that later they have that relationship or at least the opportunity to. That means that as a dad, I need to do things now. I need to invest in my relationship with them now so they'll want to hang out with me. If I yell at my kids all the time, and their entire interaction with me as a dad is discipline man, and all I do is yell at them and beat them with a belt and tell them to eat all their dinner, who wants to hang out with a dude like that? You know? So I've got to have a relationship with my child that goes beyond that aspect of my duties as a parent. That means I've got to make some sacrifices with some of the things that I want to do with my time personally. I mean, Josh might have to give up a little bit of me time so that I can invest some time with my kids. You making sense? So this is a goal that I wanted to have. Um, and, I, and I want them to come back for Thanksgiving. I don't want to get that call where they say, you know what? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be working and at this, that, and the other, and I just can't make it. And, and then six years go by and I don't see my kids. I don't want that. I know life sometimes takes families in different directions, different callings, because they have their own lives to lead. I get that, but I want them to come back, and I want them to hang out with Dad. I want them to spend time together as a family, and I want them to love each other as brothers and sisters, you know. And the third thing, and this is really the main thing, is that I want to make sure that I get the chance to spend eternity with my family in heaven. Which means that I've got a lot to do as a parent. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, what, he won't what? He won't depart from it. That means if you invest in your children spiritually when they're little, that when they're old, it'll stay with them. Now, they're still going to make their own choices, and I get that. And I know my children are going to be children. And to date, they have proven that they are going to be children. <clears throat> they get into stuff. They get into trouble. Got to correct them, and that's just part of the process. And I know probably, in Jesus' name, I hope not, but maybe they're going to make some stupid mistakes down the road. But I want to invest in them, and I want to live a life 
that's not hypocritical to the faith that I proclaim because that's a big part of it too. Because if they see Daddy talking it and they don't see Daddy living it, they're not going to think it's real. And I'm never going to get the opportunity to spend eternity with them in heaven because I didn't live it out and I didn't do my part as a parent. So I want to make sure that I do everything I can possibly do to get them there. I want to see them. And not just my kids and my wife. I want to see my parents there. I can't wait to go to see some of my grandparents there. I want to spend eternity with them all in heaven. That is the main thing. If I fail at everything else as a parent, I want to make sure that I get that one right. I want to make sure that I get it right. Because great vacations with my children are great. But if I can't give them Jesus day after day, I failed as a parent. I've missed my, my greatest calling, especially as a pastor and as a minister. If I lead tens of thousands of people to the Lord and my own children walk away because, because of something I did, shame on me. You know, so I want to make sure that I get that right. I know they're going to make their own decisions. And I know that sooner or later they're going to have to make their own choice about what they're going to do with God. And I pray that I do enough to lay a foundation that will at least point them in the right direction. That's what I want to do as a dad. And I'm sure you guys can relate to that, right? <clears throat> you want the best for your kids. Um, if I want all of that stuff to happen, though, then that means in my day-to-day life, things have to funnel down into my actions and my words and how I interact with my family. Make sense? Because goals without an action plan are what? It's just, just ideas. I don't want to have great ideas about my family. I want to see the fruit of my effort in my family. So, it all comes down to moments. Moments. And, and especially when you deal with family, you want to make sure that you make the most of the moments that you have. You want to make those moments matter. So make sure that you're in the moments that matter the most. For a family to be close together, a family has to be together. Those moments. We talked earlier about wanting to go back to those moments. Spend the time that we wish we could spend with those people. Just that one more moment with those people that have gone. How many of you wish you could go back to a moment in your past that caused an issue in your family that there's still unforgiveness for today? You wish you could go back and just erase it so that it never existed, so that your family could be close. So that those relationships weren't... And moments matter. Moments matter. And I know we can't control what other people decide to do. But we can do the best that we can do to make sure that we're in those moments and that we make them count for the most that they possibly can. Amen? Moments matter. So, I was thinking, well, if moments matter, then my day-to-day life is either going to create those moments... My attitude is either going to create those moments or it's going to take away the opportunity for those moments to exist by what I choose to do with my time. Because that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about time. Time invested with our family. So I was thinking, you know what? If, if those things matter and those moments matter and I need to be in those moments that matter the most, then there's some things that I need to arrange and there's some things that I need to, to look at and honestly ask myself some questions about it and honestly look at it in my life and probably for you too. And the first thing I thought about was this. 
I need to find a way to end the tension between work and family. I find a way to end the tension between work and family. Now, before I say anything else, listen. When if you have, how many of y'all, we have a job? We got jobs. How many of you absolutely cannot wake up tomorrow and go to that job because there's nothing else on planet Earth that you would rather do than that job? Not a hand up. <laughs> you know why? Because we work out of necessity. We work for the things that we need. Food, clothing, things like that. Um, so we've got to work. And I believe that when you work, the Bible says that you, you, you should be the best employee at your job. When you show up, you should work harder than anybody else. You should try to work smarter than anybody else. And you should try to give your employer a, a better effort than they're paying you a wage. Because your work ethic is your witness. Now, I operate my own business most of the time because it gives me a little bit of flexibility to do things in ministry. But when I, when I have slow periods and work doesn't come in, then I have to go and I work for other people and I work on, on their time, on their clock. And when I work on their clock, I always try to work harder for them, even though it's less money usually than I'd make for myself. I always try to work harder for them than I would for myself because I'm on their time. And I know that my work is my witness. Okay, if you're a sorry employee at work, nobody's going to listen to you talk to them about Jesus. You know, listen, if you're the best employee and you're making them look sorry, they might resent you, but they'll respect you. And eventually they're going to ask you. And you'll be able to tell them because you've got a platform. So I'm not saying you shouldn't work hard. But I've caught myself several times through the years working so hard at my job that when I got home, I had nothing left in the tank to give my family. And I remember one time when Hannah was just really young. She was, I just walked in, and it had been a ridiculous day. It had been like a 12-hour day and a long drive, and I was just worn out. I was tired. I was sore because it had been a long week. But my little girl doesn't understand that. She sees Daddy coming down the hallway. And she's, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. I'll give her a little hug. And then I go to go to the bedroom, and she goes, You want to play? And no, Daddy, no, Daddy, Daddy's going to go take a bath and he's going to rest. And she just stopped and she looked at me and she goes, Why? You don't want to play with me? <laughs> just stomp on my heart, you know. Just, so, so Daddy played with her. And usually when I play with my kids, it, it usually goes like this. Daddy gets home and then I become a jungle gym. You know what I mean? Like, I just, whatever, on the floor, in a chair. They're going to end up crawling on me somehow, some way. And I'm going to get elbows and the eye. I'm going to, they're going to jump and jump on me. Yeah. They get, I was sitting on the couch one time, just hanging out in a room with the kids, and Hannah decided I was going to be a trampoline. But she didn't, <laughs> she didn't let me know that was her plan. So I'm, I'm flipping through trying to find, my great selection of kids shows like for a while there my my whole world was like Dora the Explorer and Wild Kratts and stuff like that you know so we're getting ready to watch Dora and the next thing I know pow she just landed right on me <gasps> surprise you got a kid so that's what my kids do I don't want to work so hard that I don't have anything left to give my family you know and and I hear Kids, when I say kids, I talk to students, and, and they always talk about how their parents work so much, and they wish that their parents wouldn't work so much. 
because they want to spend time. And I know that may shock you if you have a teenager that they would want to spend time with you. One comedian was joking, and he said, God gave us teenagers so that we would understand what it was like to have something created in our image that it denied our existence. (laughs) A little bit of truth in that, but it doesn't have to be that way, I don't think. I think you can have a great relationship with your kids if you invest in them early. Um, But make sure that you've got time left in that tank. There's a little bit of life left in that tank that you don't give all of yourself to something that doesn't really matter and then miss the chance to give yourself to something that matters the most at the end of the day. Vacations are awesome. Okay? Vacations are awesome. Weekend trips are great because you make a lot of memories that way. But listen, relationships with your children are built day by day. Day by day in that time that it's sacrificial to give. Time with your spouse, day by day. Date nights are awesome, and you got to have them. Little weekend getaways are great because you need to have them. But don't wear yourself out so much at work that you don't have anything to give to them at the end of the day. So that was something that God was working with me on. Maybe that hits with you guys. Because I, I came to a realization. I realized that my work, my job, has a very specific, a very specific place in my life. Your job, this may shock some of you to realize this, but your job exists to be a means to your desired end. It should not be a puppet master that controls your life. Let me say it again. Your job exists to be a means to your desired outcome or your desired end. It is not meant to be a puppet master that controls your life. I brought Plato to church because I thought it would be fun. I've gotten into a lot of trouble over the years with Plato, <laughs> especially in kindergarten. You can make anything out of this stuff. Golly, just gobs and gobs of Plato. Most people, when they get jobs, show up, you work hard like you should. They don't realize that there's a line out there where you start to see diminishing return on your job there's there's a point where your job stops providing for the things that you need i said the things that you need because a lot of the things the things that we want get us into trouble financially amen there, there's a line out there where it, it starts to to not function the way that it should to provide those needs and it begins to take away. And it begins to control. And it begins to jerk you around. And sometimes we don't realize it till we look up. And, and it just hits us. I've missed a lot of birthdays. I've missed some anniversaries. I've missed a lot of dance recitals because of work. I missed, I've missed a lot. Of, and guys, are, men are really bad about this because we connect our identity as a person with what we do for a living, you know? And, and God's system is set up completely different. What we do is not who we are. What we do is what we do. Who we are is who we are in Christ. So we take these jobs, and, and then they start telling us. You, you guys have all heard it if you've gotten a job at a, at a place with opportunity to move up. Have you ever heard the phrase, we've got plans for you? 
Well, let me give you a word of caution. Make sure the plans that that company has for you lines up with the plans that God has for your family. Because I've seen a lot of people sacrifice their family for a paycheck. And the, the, and, and the, the reason, here's the big write-off, and here's the, here's the reasoning behind it. They say, well, if I, get the, if I take the promotion and I take on this extra responsibility, then I get more money so I can be a better provider for my family, so my kids can have the things that they want. Guys, it's a trap. It's a trap. Now, there are seasons where you've got to do a little more work. There are seasons and there's times where you've got to put in the extra hours. I get that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you hit that point and there's that line where you know right here that this job is costing you your family one day at a time because it's taking time away that you should be spending with them. And so what we do, and this, I, I don't understand why people never think about it. The company says, hey, we got plans for you. We want to transfer you. We want to train you to do this and transfer you across the country. Well, it's going to be an extra $20,000 a year. That's a no-brainer. Let's go do it. Why? What's it going to cost you with your family? Is it, and, and here's something nobody ever thinks about. What about your church? What about your church? Well, I don't feel, well, what, what, you might not feel like you're connected to the church, but your kids might be. You're going to uproot your kids from a youth ministry, whether it's here or a different church, that's pouring into them because of a job that was offered to you? Think about the impact of, of like a full-spectrum impact of what's going to occur. It's not about the money. And a lot, of, a lot of cases what happens is people sell their family for that extra ten dollars or $15,000 a year. In some cases, it's not even that much. Sometimes they sell out their family for 10 bucks an hour. Sometimes they sell out that family time for, for a $2 an hour raise. And what happens is these people get you in, and they begin to groom you and train you because they're looking for a person to fill a spot at work, to fill a position. And so you, you begin to fit into this mold that they've created, and before you know it, you're this guy. You're just a little cookie-cutter cutout that fits somewhere in their corporate outline, somewhere in their scheme, somewhere in the great economic plan. Are y'all listening to me? You sell out for this right here. Don't sell out your family to be this right here. How many birthdays are we going to miss to be this guy right here? How many date nights are we going to have to cancel to be this guy right here? How many dance recitals are we going to miss to be this guy right here? Your family doesn't care so much about the money. They want you. Your wife doesn't want the money. She wants you. Your husband doesn't want the money. She wants you. Or he wants you. <laughs> well, I say that. You never know nowadays. You've got to be careful. They want you. All right, see, now it's hitting in the back there. See, that's what I'm saying. You never know. It takes a while. Somebody said Facebook has how many different ways to identify your gender now? 72. So, yeah, good luck with that. Good luck with that. But how much do we want to cash in to be this person right here? It's not worth it. Because I promise you, when the kids are gone, 
you're going to wish you had that time back. When your parents are gone, you're going to wish you had that time back. When your spouse is gone, you're going to wish you had that time back. Don't be this person. Don't be this person. Now work, work hard, provide for your family, do what you need to do, pay the bills, go on vacations, whatever you got to do to get the extra money. But don't fall into the trap of selling out your family to be that person. Now, the second thing is this. We can't just think about work. We have to make family time happen. If I want my family to hang out with me and I want to have a great relationship with my spouse, then I've got to take time to make family time happen. We've got to have game nights. We've got to have Now, this may sound like common sense, but stop and think about it. When was the last time your family got together and just did something together? We played a game. Even, even watching a movie might count. When you were all together, when's the last time your family had dinner together? Where you were all at the same table, looking each other in the eyes, enjoying each other's company, just hanging out. We get so busy that this thing right here gets sidelined a lot. We got to make family time happen for our families to be healthy. Amen? Amen. Listen, um, your family can't see your heart. They see your actions. You know, make sure that you love them with your schedule. Adults, teenagers, everyone, make sure you're loving your family with your schedule. Your family is not a cardiologist. They can't read your heart. People always tell me, well, I just, my family, I just want my family to know that they love them and I do this because if you're not around them, if you're not putting them in your schedule, you're not communicating them to them that you love them. Because with a child, time equals love. And with your spouse, time equals love. And with you, probably, the people that you hang out with the most, you care about. And it would be sad if those people were at work and not at your home because some people would rather spend more time at work than they would at home because it's awkward shouldn't be that way so you got to make family time happen it it doesn't hurt to take your your wife out on a date guys make that time happen i talk to people who have children that are like seven eight nine years old and they have never gone out anywhere together as a couple since they had children man that's not a healthy way to build up your marriage you know what that tells me? That it's all about the children and they're not taking time for one another and eventually what's going to happen is the kids are going to move out and they're going to be complete strangers trying to figure out who each other are. So if I want my spouse to enjoy my company, then i got to spend time with her now. i got to talk to her now. doesn't always have to be a big deal. We don't have to always go out like me. Man... Me and, me and Kelly know how to do some cheap dates. We know how to do some, because sometimes that's all we got. You know, you, it, we, we've had points where there was just like you know, tuna fish sandwiches at the house, or we could just go to a park and stare at a pond. So we're just going to go to a park and stare at a pond and walk around, you know, and enjoy each other's company. It's cheap ways to do dates. You don't always have to spend a fortune, but you need to spend that time. You've got to spend that time. You've got to invest that time with your children. Every night when my kids go to bed, either Kelly or I, most of the time it's Kelly, but here lately it's been me a lot more, will go in there. And I, I snuck into Hannah's room last night, 
after she was laying down and we'll just go in and talk and man kids at bedtime somebody said they come into they turn into question asking philosophers that are always thirsty <laughs> right around right around bedtime they just want to know everything they want to know how everything works why it's happening this way and all that but those moments because i'm there for it because i keep working its proper place as much as possible i'm there for those moments those are those moments where i just i'm able to pour into her and answer those questions and spend that time. And I'm able to get it now because I know 20 years from now, those are going to be the memories I look back on. And that's going to be what Hannah remembers. She's going to remember that Daddy spent time with her. Not that Daddy brought home a check, that Daddy spent time with her. You can have great memories on vacations. I took, I did a, a Daddy-Daughter Day with Hannah um, the other day. And we went to Chick-fil-A. I said, Hannah Pick. You do whatever you want to do, we're going to do Chick-fil-A. And they had a little dollar movie playing at the theater. So we went to see a dollar movie um, at the theater, uh, Ice Age. We went to see one of the Ice Age movies. And it was fun. And then she said, I said, where do you want to go for lunch? And she said, let's go to Golden Corral. Mm. Where, where do you want? Let's go to Golden Corral. You know why she wanted to go to Golden Corral? Because they have this thing called a chocolate fountain there. <laughs> That's why. She doesn't care about anything else at Golden Corral. She wants chocolate fountain. So we went there, and she's chocolate fountained up and all this stuff. But I was paying. Man, sometimes your kids can just put you in some awkward situations, you know. I was paying for our food, and their credit card reader was moving really slow that day, apparently. At least that's what the cashier said. It may take a minute. System slow. All right, no problem. So I swiped the card and was waiting. And I saw this lady out of the corner of my eye come walking up to the, the counter, and she Apparently, you can take boxes out of Golden Corral and pay for food by the pound, and only in America can you do something like that. So she loaded that box up, and she walked up there, and I noticed as she walked up, there's something different about her. And I looked, and man, she had she had some kind of, of, of skin condition where she had, I mean, just just moles and this big, huge mole that took up most of her face and little, she just was moles on the on the the right side of her face um and i saw her and my first thought was Ugh. <laughs> not gonna lie because it was different i was like oh wow okay she's got something going on there so so you know you, what you do when you're polite you just don't say anything well i'm still waiting for my my credit card to run she puts the food down on the thing the scale to measure it scales right here I'm right here. Hannah's right here. The lady's right there. And Hannah goes, Daddy, what's wrong with her face? <laughs> so you think this would be a great teaching moment for a child, right? So Pastor Josh is going to have this great, awesome teaching moment with his, with his daughter. Daddy, what's wrong with her face? Well, Hannah, sometimes this is what I did. I just played it off. I acted like I didn't hear her. So... I just let it hang, and uh, it isn't there. But everybody heard it, and the cashier, she just went. <laughs> so ringing the other lady up, and she was ringing her up, and then I was quiet. Well, my daughter won't take quiet for an answer. So she goes, Daddy, pulling on my shirt. Daddy, Daddy, yeah. What's wrong with her face? She pointed straight to the lady. There's no denying it now. What's wrong with her face, Daddy? Her her face, oh my gosh, they're just, 
There's no rocks in Golden Corral to crawl under, so I had to stay there. And I, I just looked at her, and the lady's just all tense. You know? And I said, I said, I said well, honey, she just, she just has a, a mole on her face like Daddy does right on, on his face. And, and Hannah goes, no, that. I thought, oh, God. And the lady paid for her food, and she just kind of huffed out. There's no way to fix that. What's wrong with her face, Daddy? The cashier was about to pass out because she was trying not to bite. She was like at the point of biting her tongue in half, trying not to laugh, you know. So she's like that and, and gave me my receipt, and we walked on back. But these kids hanging out with them, you can get some great memories that way, I guess. What's wrong with her face, Daddy? Oh, my gosh. I says, I'm going to bring that up on her wedding day. I'm going to bring that one up on her wedding day. What's wrong with her face, Daddy? <laughs> but if you don't spend time with your family, guys, they're not going to know that you love them. You've got to spend time with your family. The third thing is this. is that we have got to keep God at the center of our families. God has got to be at the center of our families. Judges chapter 2, there's this verse that's one of the most... I, this is just horrible to have this said about you. You think of Joshua following after Moses. They went in, they conquered all the, the, the armies in the, the promised land. They took over the land. And that generation that accomplished all that awesome stuff that we read about and we celebrate in Scripture, this is what the Bible says about them. After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Now, I could understand that they didn't know the Lord because that's a personal choice, and sometimes your kids aren't always going to make the choices that you want them to make. But it, it says that they didn't know what he had done for Israel. That means it didn't get talked about. That generation that was used by God to do so many awesome things didn't pass on that history and that heritage to their children. It's easier to train up a child than it is to fix an adult. If you've got children here, and you listen to me, you've got a small window of opportunity to build that foundation in their lives. In those years where they're growing up, they're trying to figure out how this whole world works, how this thing fits together, how these things operate, how culture is interacting. They're, they're, they're forming their worldview as they go through this stuff. And the most powerful influencers in their life growing up Number one is mom and dad. Okay? And the others kind of fall in line. The second one should be the church. Third one should be school. And the fourth one should be their friends. Those four influencers are going to impact your children's life and their worldview and their choices and their decisions. Now, how many of these four things do we as parents have control over?
Can you decide where your children go to school? Now think about this. Can you decide where your children go to school? Okay. Can you decide where your children go to church? Absolutely. Can you decide who your children's friends are? Absolutely. Absolutely. Where they're going to be mad at. Let them get mad at you. Let them get mad at you. You're a parent, not a friend. Set the parameters on their friendships. Set the parameters on who you allow to influence and direct your child's life. Now, I know if you send them to public school, there's a lot of stuff there that happens that you can't control. And it's kind of good to expose your children in a way to some of that because they need a taste of the world so they know how to be a witness in the school. I think if you shelter your kids too much, you handicap them and you can cripple them for life. You really can. You don't want to over-shelter them. But you as a parent can control all of that stuff. You as a parent can control whether or not God is at the center of your family. Okay? I don't want to meddle too much into these waters because I know that we're awesome here and we love God and there is nothing that goes on at home that contradicts the person that we are when we're here at church. Your kids see all that. Your kids see that. Your kids see you raise your hand and praise God. And then they see you yell and cuss out your wife. Okay? Your friends see you in here, or your children see you in here, lifting your hands and praising God. And then watching junk on TV at home. They see the life that you portray here, and then they see you drink so much, you're too drunk to go from the living room to your bedroom. They see one, and they see one, and they decide whether or not it equals two. Are you listening to me? God has to be at the center of our families, especially if we want our families to spend eternity together in heaven. That's the ultimate goal, right? Okay? This is where most people disconnect. They disconnect and they don't understand the ramifications of, of the music that we allow our families to listen to and the messages that's preached for the music. Pastor Josh, you're just meddling. I'm not calling out specific songs. I'm talking about the message that the music preaches because every song preaches the gospel of something. And make sure that you're allowing the right gospel to be preached in your house, Right? Now, I'm not saying you're going to go to hell for listening to anything but praise and worship music, but give consideration to what your kids are listening to. Give, give consideration to what your kids are watching. Well, that's not going to influence them. Dude, it influenced me as a kid. Are you kidding me? You know how many ninja movies I watched and then went out and tried to karate chop the whole neighborhood? Oh, my Lord. Chuck Norris almost landed me in jail. Sylvester Stallone and Rambo, man, I wanted to knock this long. Just Rambo it up and a bow and arrow. Indiana Jones, I wanted a bullwhip so that I could strike. I'd just throw it up there and hook it onto a tree limb and swing around, you know. But Dad had enough sense to know that's what I was going to do, and he never let me get a bullwhip. You know, come to think of it, I've never had a bullwhip. 
I might need to go out and buy me a bullwhip before this is all said and done. Where's Pastor Josh? Well, he broke his leg. What happened? He got a bullwhip. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. (laughs) If we lay the right foundation now, then maybe our children won't have as much junk to work out in their lives later. If we point our children in the right direction and make God the center of our families, really, let me ask you some questions. And I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. These are just questions, something to think about and follow. Think. When was the last time your family, regardless of how old your children are, when was the last time even you and your spouse sat down and prayed together? When was the last time you and your spouse or you and your children opened up the Word of God and just read a little bit and had a little Bible study? Because I can probably we can probably answer the last time we watched a movie together or the last time. But when was the last time we gave God an opportunity to move in our homes and not just forced Him to fit into the box of what He could do here at church is what I'm saying. So these are things to think about. Um, listen, parents, can we just talk for a little bit? I'm fixing to wrap up. We're just going to talk for just a little bit. We have awesome student and children's ministries here at Life Point Church. Have amazing. Pastor Brad, Pastor Brad's like, yes, yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. This guy right here is is so stinking gifted to relate with and connect with and minister to to students. It's unreal. I'm almost jealous of him. Um, he he just is who he is, and naturally he just connects with people. But God's given this guy a heart to minister to students. Can I tell you from one parent to another, and as an associate pastor talking to the parents of the church, listen, give your students an opportunity to be part of the student ministry here at Life Point Church. Don't deny them the opportunity to hang out with the church student ministry and, and the stuff that they do. This summer, they have got a ton of stuff on the calendar that, that they're going to be doing. It's going to be awesome, all the stuff they've got going on on Wednesday nights here. Listen, they need to connect with Christian friends. They need to be under the discipleship of a powerful man of God. You can't, you can't, you can't, you, listen to me now, you cannot be shocked years down the road when your daughter's pregnant or your son is strung up on something if you did not give them the opportunity to experience God every chance there was an opportunity to experience God. Okay? So don't rob your children of the opportunity to have great relationships with the students here at the church and a great opportunity to receive ministry from our student ministry here at the church. I'm just going to say it. Can I say it? Because you're too lazy to get up and drive them there. Don't let that happen. I'm not saying that's what's happening to you. I'm just saying don't let that be a motivator. Get your kids there. It's like me. I want my kids to be in heaven with me. And I want to make sure that I expose them to every opportunity to receive ministry. I want to make sure that I'm doing my part as a man of God to get them there. Amen? Amen. That's what we want. 
So make sure that you get your kids there. Now, do I think you're going to explode into flames and go straight to hell if your kids miss a student event? Let me just say that. No, I'm not trying to guilt you into that. But I'm just saying, all right, because I've seen people do that. I'm not trying to guilt you into it. And we had, we had great attendance at the last youth uh, function that we had here. It was packed out. There was a lot of great stuff happening, and a lot of kids got ministered to. I'm not trying to drum up numbers. I'm just trying to share what God's putting on my heart. We as parents are responsible for what we allow our children to be exposed to. So let's make sure we're paying the price to expose them to the right things. Amen? All right. So here's some things to think about before we get out of here this morning. And Dave, if you're here, will you you go ahead and, and come up and play? You guys still with me? Good stuff so far? Yeah? All right. Here's some things to think about. Remember this that now is going to lead to then. Now is going to lead to then. And so, wanting to have a great relationship with your children or wanting to have a better relationship with your spouse isn't going to be there then. That's not going to happen then if you don't do it now. You've got to put in the time. Because it's going to come. There's going to be a time when they're going to leave the house. There's going to be a time when that person is going to breathe their last breath, and you're not going to have that relationship until you're with them on the other side of eternity. So now, now, make sure that we're doing what we can do to have the relationships that we say that we want. Now is going to lead to then. What you do with your children now is going to greatly influence the person that they become then. Make sure you're laying a good foundation. And listen, maybe you're here and, and you haven't been a Christian that long and, and your children have been exposed to a whole lot of stuff up until this point. Hey, listen, you can start now. You can start now and explain to them why there's a difference in you and explain to them why these things are right and then these things are wrong and, and why they're beneficial for life and why they're not. You can start now and prepare for then. Even if you've lost a whole lot of years... You can't go back and get them, but you can start now and prepare for then. Amen? The second thing is this. We've got to remember, and don't forget this, remember that the days are long and the years are short. These days are long, the years are short. You might be in a season right now where your relationship with your spouse is not the best. You guys are on some rough water. And there could be a thousand different reasons for that. Just keep in mind, this might be a long day now, but probably in four, five, six years, today's not going to matter so much. You're going to look back and you're going to wonder where that time has gone. Let's make sure that now, even in days that are long, that we love, that we forgive, and we give God the opportunity to move in our families. We do what we can to have those relationships, to make those memories and create those moments because it's going to be gone just like this. We're going to blink. We're going to blink, and our life's going to be completely different. And then we're going to blink again, and it's going to be over. The days are long. The years are short. And never forget this, guys. Moments matter these moments that we have matter so let's make sure that we're in the moments that matter most 
Don't sell out your family because of work. Don't miss out on opportunities to spend time with your family. Don't let unforgiveness divide your family. Go in and resolve the situations and give God an opportunity to move. Do your part and say, I'm sorry. Do your part and forgive because you've only got a moment for that relationship. And then it's gone. I don't know how many people I talk to that wish, that wish they could restore relationships between them and family members. But they're gone over so many petty different things. Moments matter. So let's make sure that we're in the moments that matter most. And spending the time forgiving, loving, cherishing, and giving God the opportunity to move. Keeping God the center of our families. If we do these things, and we're in the moments that matter the most, when we reach the end of our lives and we look back, all those moments are going to create beautiful memories. And if we do this right, and our family makes the right decisions, guys, we're going to have the opportunity to spend eternity with one another. And that's going to be so awesome, and it's going to be so beautiful. So let's stop and let's think about our families for a moment. Let's bow our heads, and let's pray.